0: So we've got a special edition of Must Watch 1883. Um, So there was no new episode of the show this week, but there is the debut of a new show that takes place at the very same time, but is very, very different. So I, Gene Bentley, and my friend and co-host here, Lauren Peaster, have decided to take a little interlude to talk about this new show and how it does and does not compare to 1883. And that show is The Gilded Age on HBO. The
1: Age. Yep. Just premiered today, Monday. Monday,
0: uh, January 24th is the Thanks. first episode. And it's really interesting because as you, you brought this to my attention, Lauren, that the Gilded Age and 1883 take place almost the exact same year?
1: Yeah, it this takes place in 1882. So, we're getting two very different perspectives of the US in the 1880s. We are. It's really interesting.
0: So, this is the very highly anticipated follow-up show from Julian Fellows, creator of Downton Abbey. It I think has been in the works for a while and I think like a
1: decade. Yeah, like, like
0: a really long time. A really like, long time. It was going to be at NBC, and then it was going to be at HBO. And then a couple of years later, after Downton Abbey was over and Julian Fellowes had time to write the show, HBO was like, okay, let's make it. And then um, there was like a whole pandemic. I don't know that you heard. Yeah. <laughs> they, but they basically, got it together. if you've
1: seen Downton Abbey, like you kind of know the vibe of this. Yes, it is that vibe. It just takes place like 30 or 40 years earlier
0: yeah (laughs) basically
1: yeah so So, but it's not exactly it's not a downton prequel it is like in theory someone from downton could show up but it's not related at all
0: right so this is a show about basically new york high city high society Mm -hmm. in new money versus
1: old money yeah the year
0: 1882 um so It's the life that Elsa Dutton perhaps could have lived in (laughs) another world. Um, Yeah. But yeah, do you want to kind of
1: give us a little intro to the show, Lauren? Yeah. So basically they introduced 40,000 people. (laughs) It felt (laughs) like it. There was a lot of characters. Yeah. I mean, it was 80 minutes long. The premiere was 80 minutes long for a reason because they had so many people to introduce. Which is a similar thing with Downton Abbey, but Downton Abbey was one household and this is like four different households. Right. But, like, kind of the main person seems to be Marion, whose father died. So she goes to live with her aunts in New York. And her aunts are Christine Bransky and Cynthia Nixon. And what a family tree. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're old money. So they are like established rich people in New York. And then we have Carrie Coon and her husband and they're the Russell family and they're new money. So they just built a fancy new house that's like made to like have fancy balls. But the problem is nobody wants them to be there because they're new money and nobody wants that.
0: Yes. How go they, they
1: just got money. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> new. we don't want new. We don't want the future. No, no. Yeah so basically the whole first episode is like Carrie Coon planning a ball and she's like 200 people are going to come to this ball we're going to invite everyone all of society and then like nobody shows up nobody shows up
0: because she again new money well, yeah she's a nouveau riche and these old ass rich people are like no
1: yeah she didn't seem quite prepared for the attitudes that she was going to be coming up against yeah so yeah yeah like the that was kind of the main uh the main like through line of the the first episode but we also like met lots we met a couple of other families and kind of a they they made it clear that mrs astor is a very prominent person
0: who is a a, a real person? Um, yeah, obviously, he was one of the. You know, she's one of the real. only
1: real people. Yes, but it was a lot. It was just a lot of people that we met. Yes, and so
0: basically, That's- I think there's so there's the Carrie Coon trying to get into society, but then there's also like a younger generation social mm-hmm. circle that seems a a little more accepting of new people and be um just a little less concerned with all of their
1: parents uh yeah (laughs) bullshit essentially (laughs) yeah yeah there's a very clear generation gap here
0: yeah so marion christine baranski and cynthia nix's niece who's now come to live with them is um you know She's proper in the way that I guess if you grew up, then you had a specific set of manners, but mm-hmm. she wants to be friends with everyone. She does sneak out to Carrie Coon's ball across the street. Um, so, and then we learned that uh, Christine Baransky's son is gay. Um, yeah. But let's be honest, of course, Christine
1: Baransky's son is gay. <laughs> <laughs> She's Christine Bransky. She, like, of course, all of these, like, high-profile actresses, we're going to constantly be referring to them as their actual names. Because, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Partly just because they are so, like, like, you know, iconic. Yeah, like it's just, and also, you know, we were really bad at learning names. It's but true. Also, However,
0: they do say people's names a lot more in this show, right?
1: Because that's part they of society. Do. Oh, Mrs. Esther. Oh, Miss, Mrs. They Russell. do. It's just yeah. hard to refer to Christine Bransky as not Christine Bransky. But I will say she just like fits in really well. Oh, my God. With this happy. world, she's clearly having an amazing time. Cynthia Nixon, because, and just like that is happening right now it's kind of hard it's a little bit of cognitive dissonance especially <laughs> yeah. since our character in the show is like
0: a little meek and a little flighty yeah. and that's just not what I expect from Cynthia Nixon to be
1: honest especially because like Miranda is the one we're probably all talking about the most yeah because listen that's a different podcast yeah if well and, she, have... well, and Miranda, she's, but...
0: she's always been the most competent of those women yeah. too so it's just like but it it's just...
1: weird <laughs> yeah, it's very strange to see her play this character who she's playing. So that makes me wonder, like, what, um, what is going to be going on with that character? Because I feel like they're setting her up where she's a little bit, like, rebellious to Agnes. Agnes, that's Christine Bransky's name. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I feel like she's a little secretly rebellious and, like, understands that Agnes is a little old-fashioned. Right. She kind of encouraged the niece yeah. To, to rebel a little. To rebel a little. As long she was as she like, follow it. your own heart. Follow you your go. own moral yes. compass. Which um,
0: is more effective as like a welcome to New York City than a sex talk. Like, yes, I was. But film. I was going to
1: say they're the same. They're very similar <laughs> vibes. And so yeah. both of these shows are kind of the surprising thing to me where it's like weirdly open minded people
0: yeah sort of yeah yeah absolutely I I think that this show the gilded age it's this show is more about manners and how society works with within that framework and I guess 1883 is like the opposite of that exactly (laughs) like how how do the manners fit in when there is no framework Yeah. yeah
1: yeah So that'll be interesting. I'm really interested to like watch these two shows at the same time, knowing that they're taking place around the same time. And so that, you know, on one side of the country, you have this society, this like very buttoned up society with all of these rules. And then on the other side of the country, you have sort of mayhem. Mayhem,
0: women wearing pants and drinking coffee and riding horses crazy yeah um, what would Christine Baranski think of Elsa Dutton
1: <laughs> she would not like her very much no but I feel like Marion and Elsa would get along really well
0: yes I, I agree like a uh, slightly rebellious uh ready to usher in a new way of life modern uh
1: young blonde woman <laughs> yes they would be best friends honestly yeah and I this... also yeah go ahead I'm really excited by the way that they're addressing race on this show, where we see Black characters like with money and mm-hmm. with nice jobs. And like Marion meets a friend who, when she gets her purse stolen, and a friend, what was the name? Peggy? Patty? Mm, something like that. Yeah. Um, when, again yeah. names not our names. <laughs> character names <laughs> couldn't tell you <laughs> but what was interesting so this this new friend comes to stay with at her aunt's house with her and agnes is immediately like oh you're really good at writing like you can be my secretary she's just like extremely accepting of her yeah but the but it's the the servants the downstairs who are not accepting yeah who are like very um very suspicious and just like not excited about mm-hmm. welcoming a black person into their home even though Agnes and like all of the 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 ladies of the house like thought nothing of it. Yeah exactly like they loved her
0: <laughs> she, yeah yeah is it that I mean no it's it, it is really interesting I there's also so Christine Baransky's son. On the show, we find out at the end of the first episode that he is gay. And that is going to be a really interesting uh topic to to tackle. Um, I think mostly because we just don't see it portrayed. But as you know, Julian Fellows, the creator mm-hmm. said um on our friends uh Dan and Leslie's podcast, T- uh, The Hollywood Reporters TV's top five. Um, there have always been gay people, right? Like there yeah. have always been gay people. So
1: those stories sure. are not we just had to live in society a little bit differently. Exactly.
0: So I think that's exactly. going yeah. to be a really interesting story to follow as well. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And then it also yeah. feels like this 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 is right for scheming. And I love scheming. Love scheming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just excited. Like, I'm excited to have both of these perspectives. Like, Mm -hmm. like we addressed in our first 1883 episode, like for some reason, I have a weird attachment to this decade. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but it's just, it was just an interesting time. Yeah. It was just a fascinating time in society and like politically and just, I don't know. I think it's really cool that now we have... Two completely different perspectives of the same time period, written by two men who could not be more different. <laughs> they really couldn't. Could not be, you could not create two more opposite people, I feel like. I've never yeah. met either of them. No, but I've never met, <laughs> I haven't met Taylor Sheridan or Julian Phillips, but like.
0: <laughs> yes, they seem opposite. For I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. also it's so it's really interesting. So we 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 will get to compare the Gilded Age and 1883 every week. So we're comparing kind of this Oregon Trail Head, head West, my young man um, kind of deal with New York City High Society. Some of that still carry over carries over to like today and, and mm-hmm. the Rich High Society of New York, though, I guess you know it's 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 slightly different but that there there is a culture in new york city that is very clearly derived from what life was like you know yeah well part of it is that
1: new york city is so old yeah compared to you know much of the rest of the country in terms yeah. of well and in then, terms of what it looks like now right
0: and that is really funny to compare then to England right mm-hmm. so even if you just compare it to Downton Abbey um not even England at in the 1880s like England in you know 30 years from that time comparing those two societies are is really different because yeah these people in New York are old money but not compared to anyone from England <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm not familiar with New York, but did you like comprehend where they were yes, in this place? Yes. Yeah. So they, because I feel like, yeah, but that's, you know, New York is not really a place that's like expanding anymore. Like you can't like, I feel like you're not just going to build a new giant house uptown.
0: Does that right. correct? Right. Like, so the places, these mansions that these people are in are you, probably now, um, broken into many different buildings or Mm -hmm. are literal museums like you just anything that large in New York City now has either been cut up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and split apart or preserved in like a literal museum
1: (laughs) yes so so it's funny to think of it as like (laughs) new (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Well, anything built in
0: 1882 <laughs> as new as new right well that was that kind of leads us to uh, one of the interesting parts that I think both of us noticed were the sets um the sets and the costumes are very immersive but the sets really felt I don't know they they did too not new. They, yeah but I guess they were just built at that time I don't know it's still too yeah. it still too shiny that's-
1: Yeah, again, we need a historian (laughs) because (laughs) I would like, but then I guess, I don't know, could we know what materials looked like at the time? Because like, it just felt sometimes like they were on a a studio lot or at Disneyland. That's the vibe I kept getting, especially when they were like at the the train station or something. I was like, there's just something so fake about this. And that is one thing I can say about 1883 is that like, it looks so lived in. And I think partly because they're going for such an immersive vibe or they, you know, they had them all do this cowboy camp for months, maybe not months, I don't know, at least weeks beforehand, where it really felt like they were living in this world. And I'm not sure that this show is kind of giving us the same effect where everything just looks a little too much like a set.
0: Yeah, it's like how you take one of the studio tours out here in LA and you, like, part of the tour guide's speech is about how they have people, like, put gum on the ground and, like, Mm -hmm. put dress the sets with trash so they look more real. And I think this needed something, even if it's just,
1: like, soot, dirt, like, something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was just, it looked... And it was sometimes like there weren't enough buildings off to the side or like in the background. I know things just didn't, it almost didn't look finished. Yeah. It looked a little. I also just, you always get the sense that things were really dirty at that time. Mm -hmm. But maybe there weren't enough like machines yet.
0: I mean, there were, but there was also people had to ride in carriages. There's dirt. (laughs) you know like that that part of it
1: dirtier it just seems to like feel more like (laughs) the place where people really were like living and working and
0: existing
1: exactly and and I think
0: they're beautiful also like the interior room sets were fine I think it was more the facades it was was exterior yeah. Yeah. yeah It was more exterior. The costumes yeah. no complaints. Carrie Coon and
1: her many yeah, hats. They are beautiful. Although there was a moment where I was like "Were there like I had paused it on Carrie Coon, and she just like looked like she was in a weird like Wizard of Oz production. Like she looked like she lived in the Munchkin land. That's really funny. Um, she has some exciting yeah. hats. She has some really really wonderful hats and it's like as excited as we were for Elsa to get pants like Alice is really boring clothes mm-hmm. for her journey mm-hmm. across the country but here we get exciting hats
0: great gowns beautiful gowns, beautiful exciting gowns. Hats. <laughs> and an insane <laughs> cast Carrie Coon we've insane. mentioned so Carrie Coon is wonderful Christine mm-hmm. Baranski, wonderful obviously we have Cynthia Nixon, the daughter or the, the niece who moves to New York is played by Meryl Streep's youngest daughter, one of her daughters who hasn't really been in anything before, didn't know there was another, but you look at her face and you're like, oh, yes, okay, yes, this is Meryl Streep's yeah. daughter, okay. <laughs> um, I, Audra McDonald plays um, the uh, house new house houseguest's uh, mother. Um, basically, oh, yeah. like, Every Broadway actor who was bored during COVID <laughs> somehow got on the show. <laughs> there are some cool. really great theater actors um, popping up in like pretty much every scene. <laughs> so that's um, delightful. Her
1: name is, her name is Louisa.
0: Louisa. Yes.
1: Mary I Street. didn't even know
0: Louisa Gummer existed. Didn't know. Didn't know. She does. Well, she doesn't use the last name Gummer. She uses a different No, last. she
1: doesn't it's uh louisa jacobson which Looking good for her Jake-
0: okay lovely who knew <laughs> but she looks just like her mother and sisters and she's good too i i thought i was good. i was eager to kind of she's like the audience conduit in this show and i was yeah. excited to see to experience this new society through her how about how about you luna lauren's cat has decided to join us but i don't know if she's gonna actually say anything what did you think no. of the gilded age luna
1: she didn't really watch it she was sleeping in the other room well that's not bad. it's not really her kind of show she prefers birds
0: yeah that's fair not there weren't many birds in this no really no so, bird unfortunately i'm so sorry luna that is the cat review <laughs> but you know what there are feathers on carrie coon's hats <laughs> okay
1: there's one point where Carrie Coon was wearing like a whole dress where it was all feathers like along her chest. Uh-huh. And I was like, what an outfit that would drive me insane. And I wouldn't be able to like eat wearing it, but it would be fun to wear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. I-, I am excited to see where this is going to go. It definitely 80 minutes is a lot, but I enjoyed it. And I understood why we had to, you know, meet everyone.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of people to meet.
0: Like that that's one thing I'm curious too about the upcoming episodes is how much of all of these people are we going to see?
1: Did we really need them. to learn about literally every single one of them in this first episode? Yeah. <sighs> that's what I was going to say. Like did there like we could get glimpses of everyone, but we didn't need to know the ins and outs of yeah.
0: everything. Yeah. But um, gosh, and and poor Carrie Coon. From the second she said she was having a ball, we uh, we knew this was not going to go well for her.
1: We knew there was no there was no chance she was going to have two hundred people at her ball.
0: No, we are so ca- sorry, Carrie Coon. But, but like,
1: I do want her to eventually have parties where people come to them. But I- now isn't now? It's like how?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be up to the younger generation to stir things yeah. up now. But like, what, what does, what does she do? I mean, that's a great question. So I guess, I guess that is the main question, right? Like, where do we go from here? Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to follow Carrie Coon, but are we going to follow Marion mostly? Are we going to follow yeah. Christine Baranski mostly? Like, how is this going to work?
1: <laughs> yeah. I also just, like, it was so funny how dramatic they made it that no one came to the party. <laughs> like, at the end, where Carrie Coon is, like, in her bed, like, crying because no one came to her party. And that they'll look on her face party like, I will murder the ball. But, yeah. like, literally, they just didn't come to your party because they don't know you.
0: They don't know you, and they're snobby little bitches. Like, we you, yeah. know, you knew that.
1: Like, calm down. Yeah, you knew you had no reason to really think that all those people were going to come to your party. So like, why are you so upset? (laughs)
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, she appears earlier in the episode to be pretty tough and pretty impervious to what other people think and very driven. And so it's like sad to see her brought to tears by something that seems so frivolous, but Uh, I think it's definitely just kind of showing that she's insanely wealthy, has a beautiful family, um, but still maybe can't be fulfilled because something that she wants is out of reach. And I guess that's the lesson of
1: that. But (laughs) yeah, I think also I know that like Bridgerton is many years before this and also in London, but I still can't help but like think of Bridgerton, especially as they're talking about, you know society debuts yeah where Carrie coon's daughter played by tyson formiga like she was like oh i'm waiting to like to debut, debut. her yeah when when more people are going to come to my party
0: <laughs> well there's such a direct line yeah bridgerton took place like, it like 18, yeah, it's like 18 years 12 i think is when it, yeah yeah, so it's like seven years earlier, but there is a direct line from Bridgerton, f- from that society who then moved to New York and are now yeah. old money New York people. Um, so it, it definitely is comparable. It's it's like the link between um, maybe Bridgerton and Downton Abbey.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I
0: could I could think about it that way for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but yeah, but I'm know. just wondering, like, are we gonna get into like, is this going to turn into, like, a Bridgerton sex romance situation? Because that's what I keep thinking because I'm so used to Bridgerton. Yeah. So I keep waiting for them to, like, have some sex. Well, and No was, one did yet. No one did yet, but d- it was episode three
0: when Lady Mary true. fucked Mr. Pammock to death, so, like,
1: <laughs> true, true, true. Julian won't keep it under that belt for too long. <laughs> Although we didn't actually see them do anything. I just rewatched that episode. Oh, yeah interesting it's just like he they're like Haha, let's do this and then like cut to mary freaking out because <laughs> he's dead in her bed Poor theo james <laughs> poor theo james but so yeah i'm wondering like have we really seen a julian fellows sex scene beyond that Yes. That like abbey that Downton abbey was like pbs masterpiece so like mm-hmm. a little more chaste but now we're on hbo
0: yeah although speaking of theo james and costume dramas like he definitely bangs in sanditon um, Definitely. so i don't know man it, 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 it's interesting to learn about the times and one thing that's good about both taylor sheridan and julian fellows who again very different people but very I think different people. they both um. Do put the same amount of research and and mm-hmm. care and learning into the things that they're doing. So I do trust that these are both very meticulously researched pieces, um, which
1: is which is interesting to think about. Yeah, you know what I want? I want them to switch shows for one episode.
0: <laughs> oh my God, we should pitch that, <laughs> Lauren. You got to pitch that somewhere. <laughs>
1: Mr. Julian
0: Fellows (laughs) I don't know why I thought he might be easier to get in touch with than Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan does
1: seem a lot more mysterious he does seem mysterious like he's on Yellowstone and yet I still feel like I wouldn't notice I wouldn't recognize him yeah even though I've seen his face, yes, on his face TV. is literally on TV. He is also an
0: actor, so yeah.
1: And Julian Fellows, I believe,
0: at one time acted, but he has the most wonderful, um, old British man voice in the yes. entire world.
1: it's like <laughs> if you could imagine the person who created Downton Abbey, That's you nice. would imagine Julian Fellows.
0: That is literally who Julian.
1: Like you could not imagine yeah. anything else. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. so British.
0: He really is.
1: <laughs> so that's going to be also fun to see him make a New York show. Yeah, absolutely. And not an England show.
0: Yeah. Well, we have a
1: lot to uh, to see. Yeah. in the future. I'm excited. Me too. Because again, I'm I'm a. Weird... <laughs> I don't know how this became my decade, but things I, I things I like or things I'm like involved in in some way keep happening in this decade and. I love that for you. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to find out where both of these go. Yeah. I feel like they I feel like 183 took a break at like the most annoying time.
0: Yes. Why was <laughs> like there like there was a break over Christmas?
1: But come on, know. people.
0: Stupid. It's a
1: baffling, it's baff- a baffling programming decision. Yeah. Is it just because it was like sports today? I mean, but it's on the streaming it, right? service. I don't know.
0: Guys. We're, we're, but it is like a dude show. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Who I don't know. even knows because listen, we both have worked in television reporting for a long time, and
1: you know, some of this stuff is still just like, I don't know. Yeah, some of it still makes no sense. Yeah. But next week, hopefully, we'll be finding out um, where Elsa goes from <laughs> the yeah. death of a boyfriend. Exactly.
0: So, that's that's it for us this week um in our little must watch 1883 the gilded age special episode <laughs> uh, yeah. We hope you're you're enjoying our 1883 recaps and i think that we might uh talk a little bit more about the gilded age uh just in general maybe in the future yeah um especially since, i'm
1: excited to time. see if there are any noticeable um like parallels or if it even feels like they they exist in the same world like i know they're both based on history but History is very different depending on who it's told by. You know? Exactly. exactly.
0: So if you like the show, feel free to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify. We would love if you could do that for us. And then hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Hygiene.
1: And I'm at Lauren Peaster.
0: And uh, we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week. Boom.